I have to do this. I love CCM. I love writing this kind of music. As strange as it might be, I think there was a headline that came out uh, when I started doing interviews for this new song. And I think it was like, you know, a heavy metal Christian singer is not an oxymoron. It's a Maddie Mullins. And I thought, man, there's really there's really no better way to put it. I mean, this is me, both, uh, both hard rock and CCM. I do both and I love both. Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio, and Drew Brown, Juno-nominated singer-songwriter and worship leader. Both hope to share insights into Christian music, exploring ministry, message, and everything in between. You can connect with the show at faithstrongtoday.com slash between the grooves or via Twitter at Between Grooves. Now, here's James and Drew. Hey, DB. Hey, JK. How you Hi. doing? I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm good. I'm really good. How was your weekend? It was pretty chill. It was very relaxing. Lots of movies. Hold on. It started off being brutal because I was trying to finish my taxes. Huh. So that part was the worst. I love doing my taxes. I, I, I hate it. And I'm so bad at numbers. And so once I got past that hurdle... Then it was all movies and Netflix and hiking and Oscars. Right. I don't have cable, so I had to watch them through um, this comedian named Leslie Jones, who's like an SNL actor, actress, right. yep. whatever the term is now. I can't remember. I'm so tired. Um, and what she does is she videotapes it from her phone and just makes fun of everything. Oh, okay. So, so, so that's was, the coverage you got. <laughs> that's the coverage I got. And so I just laughed like the whole entire night. But right. otherwise than that, it was... Stressful and then chill. How about you? I was it was relatively chill. I mean, I I didn't do anything exciting. I did laundry, folks. I did three, four there loads we of laundry. Go. Right? Is that exciting? Like, the, yeah, it can be the life of J.K. And, <laughs> and I'd already finished my taxes, so I'm good. Did you finish yeah. your taxes? Almost. Yeah. Um. I think there was a few things. I was like, oh, I don't have that. I got to realign a few things, and then essentially. Because I'm, you know, I'm Mr. Like Freelancer, I have a thousand income sources that I need to sort of like right. put together and right. a lot of American stuff too from last year. So there's a few forms and stuff that I did not get from my American sources, which is fine. Like I can still hand in my taxes. Right. Um, and then I take all this stuff to my accountant who's going to do all a few, punch a few things and make sure I didn't do anything wrong. So yeah, I guess essentially I am finished. Okay. Well, that's good. Which is great. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to, excited. it's nice to say I'm, I'm done. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, because I hate taxes. I hate doing them. I like doing. I like. I hate doing them. <laughs> I like. I like doing them because I get money back, and I just like to, you know, analyze right. and and you know, be creative. Not be creative illegally, but be creative. And- <laughs> yeah. Wink, wink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Don't worry. But but, but yeah. creative. Um, like, what did I miss? Like, how can I get more money back? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, what did I miss, or did I forget this? That's a fun game. And yeah, yeah just to revisit yeah. stuff. And so, oh, wait a minute, I forgot to do this, and I got to claim this still. That sort of thing. So totally. That's yeah. what I like about yeah. the tax. It's like seeing that number climb a little bit. You know. Like, ooh, more points. Another another 100 bucks. I'll take that. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Now, speaking of multiple income streams, uh, today our guest, uh, we're going to have a great chat with Maddie Mullins. Now, this guy's a busy guy. Um, despite the pandemic, um, it, he, he knows the music industry too. And yeah. he's got multiple income streams. So we're going to get into that conversation in just a bit. Uh, but before we do that, let's, let's talk a little bit more about income streams in general. And the reason why, yeah. the reason why I thought it'd be a good uh, little chat to have for you and I have is because I, I just saw an article online about Stephen Page. Um, He's been doing the online concert thing, and he started that as soon as the pandemic started. And he's done about, I guess, 50 shows now because he's been doing it for about a year. And the article basically states that he made $100,000 doing these shows. Basically, like a 90-minute show charging eight bucks a head and... Uh, I guess it's been popular and it's been growing and stuff. And so his management team has basically said, hey, he was able to generate $100,000. Now, uh, he's a big name, so it, it's not hard yeah, for him yeah, to attract yeah. the fan base. He's already got an existing fan base. It's not hard to attract people, especially when they're looking for something to watch. That's right. But I don't think, I really don't think online concerts are going away. And I and I think an artist and a musician is smart to keep that as part of their their thing. 
right? As part of their... I would agree. You know? I would totally agree. I'm actually working on... uh, Well, I've had it before, but now I'm actually making making it better. Um, An online recording rig, audio and video. I used to do... Um, an online streaming thing, audio-wise, which I would, you know, like package it up and then sell the MP3s on my website the next day, or even sometimes that night. Right now, I'm actually doing like a full-on um, live stream. So when I can actually play out, I can actually like broadcast everything over Zoom, ticketed, all that kind of stuff, so people can you know watch if they want to stay home or whatever. Yeah. But I'm playing in Windsor. Or I'm playing in London. Or I'm playing. I think that is, I think having both in tandem is where the future will lie moving forward. I fully agree. They're yeah. not going, all in shows is not going anywhere anytime soon. It may not be how much, you know, you may not make the same kind of income that you would with a live show and right. people participating right. there. And maybe the merch sales will be a little different for an online gig as well. Like people may not necessarily go to buy you know, the merch right away. But, you know, if they know your right. website, they can buy it after the fact. And that's all that really matters. Because right. cause in a live show, of course, you have the table set up. You've got the big setup where you either are behind the booth or or you've got people running it for you and you can sell stuff. Like people walk out of the concert or even, you know, um, intermission or before the show starts, they can look at all the stuff you've got. It's like, oh, that's five bucks. I'm going to pick that up or or plan to get yeah, this T-shirt right. or whatever else. Whereas this, it's a little different, obviously, for an online uh, scenario selling stuff, right? But you can still yeah. do it. So You can still do it. And you can cr- create like a incentive added feature to the online thing. So if you say, hey, the ticket price is 10 bucks, but with that, you get, let's say, 15% off a merch item. Sure. Or, you know, your, your total. You, know? yeah. so you, can, you can kind of make a really cool deal out of it to kind of incentivize. Incentivize. I made up a new word. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm so talented. Ha- hashtag that. A, <laughs> 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 but I think that's a great way to kind of make that kind of online merch thing work with your online show. Sure. Absolutely. Well, it is time for us to get between the grooves with our pal, our buddy, Matty Mullins. As I said before, this guy is pretty busy. He knows the music industry, and we're going to find out a little bit about what he's been up to, especially with the multiple income streams that he's been utilizing over the last year. Yeah, yeah. I can hear you great. Uh, let's bring Sounds up the good. level here. Don't you love technology? I do. Oh, man. I mean, we've just really been forced to to figure this kind of stuff out with uh, the pandemic. So it's working out. Yeah, 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 for sure. So Drew, this is Maddie Mullins. Hey, Maddie Mullins. Drew, great to meet you. Likewise, dude, likewise. I guess my introduction to Maddie was, I guess, um, uh, what, maybe your song, Unstoppable? Yeah, okay. And uh, and then from there, uh, you've had great songs like uh, The Best Is Yet To Come, No Hold On Me, and of course, your latest track, Show You To The Cross. They're all great, great songs. Hey, thank you so much. So what have you been Wait, doing all your life? <laughs> yeah. Wait, oh, hey, Maddie. Yes, sir. Before you answer that question, I just want to make sure that you're the guy from the, the Mayfire band, right? Yep. Memphis Mayfire. That's right. Good Lord, dude. You're amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I play and have, I've been in the same band, uh, Memphis Mayfire for the last 15 years, toured all over yes. the world and, uh, still very much doing that. Um, not touring obviously, but, um, <laughs> but you know, the band is, uh, the band is still in full, full motion. So, you know, when we finished up, it was a few albums ago, we finished up an album, called unconditional. Um, I was in a really hard season of my life and, um, was just figuring out what it meant to, um, have a relationship with Jesus that wasn't just, you know, my parents relationship with Jesus that I had kind of adopted as a child. And, and, uh, I ended up with all of these leftover lyrics from, from the record that weren't going to work for a, a metal album. And, uh, I was like, man, I really want to do a solo record. And so, I did. And I, I've always loved Christian radio. That's been a passion of mine, something I always come back to and love and respect. And, um, but I didn't really know how to make a record like that. You know, I'd been listening to it my whole life, but being so active in metal, I didn't know what it was going to be like to make one. So, so I tried and, and the album was, I would say it, it was 
okay at best. Um, but you know, I had some, some people from the Christian music industry that had reached out and just said, Hey, we, we really love that you're doing this and we want to help, you know, you make great records. And so I signed a deal with a, a label and put out a, a full length and then, uh, you know, recently started working with a different label and living in Nashville, there's just access to so many great writers and people that, that, uh, want to help me share my heart in, in that way and in that format. And so I've been, you know, writing with guys and making music and, you know, putting out songs that I hope will do for other people, what Christian radio has always done to, for me, which is, you know, just a constant reminder that, that God is good and he loves us, that he's here for us. And that, um, you know, that when everything else is crazy, um, God remains the same and steady. So that's good. What kind of music do you listen to when you're not doing your own music? What kind of music are you listening to, listening to Maddie? I actually really listen to Christian radio most days. Um, you know, it's funny, like we've toured with, you know, Metallica and Linkin Park and Slayer and all these bands, but um, I'll come home and listen to Matthew West. That is the honest to God truth. Um, I think, you know, just being raised on on Christian radio and, you know, my first live show I ever saw was Jars of Clay um, headlining Jesus Northwest because uh, I grew up in Washington State. Um, it's just for me, you know, like I love hard rock and heavy metal because, um, being able to express, you know, your opinion so loudly in the live energy and, you know, everything about it is, is so awesome. And, and there's a lot of people that listen to that kind of music and come out to shows that feel alone and they're looking for someone that will understand what it is they're going through. And so God allows me to be in those spaces and, to relate to people that I think a lot of other CCM artists probably couldn't. Um, but at the same time, I love coming home and you and listening to music that will, you know, give me a spiritual experience, you know? And for me, I feel like having been given gift of music, the gift of music, there's no greater honor than using that gift to make music that gives that back to God, if that makes sense. And mm -hmm. so, you know, um, the honest truth is that me pursuing CCM does not help my rock and metal career at all. It actually hurts it. You know, there's a lot <laughs> yeah. of people there. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of people that are without knowing me personally will get really offended at the fact that I would like to tell them about Jesus. Um, but man, having gone through what I've gone through, I just, I have to do this. You know, it's like having the cure for cancer and staring a cancer patient in the eyes and not saying anything at all. And so I love CCM. I love writing this kind of music as strange as it might be. I think there was a headline that came out uh, when I started doing interviews for this new song. And I think it was like, you know, a heavy metal Christian singer is not an oxymoron. It's a Matty Mullins. And I thought, man, there's really, there's really no better way to put it. I mean, this is me, both, uh, both hard rock and CCM. I do both and I love both. And are you going to continue to do both? Are you going to, you know, is this, is the CCM just kind of, Hey, let's give this a shot. Or is it like I could see myself moving into this full time? Uh, it, I am going to continue to do both. Yeah. I mean, I've got my band members and, you know, management, booking, you know, all these people that have worked for us for years that rely on us. And I love that genre of music. I think God actively uses me in that genre of music. And it's so cool. So the goal and the plan is, is to do both. You know, I don't have any plans to move away from one or the other. What do your bandmates, really cool. what, are, what do your bandmates have to say about the Christian side of things? Yeah. So the guys in my band, um, there are some believers in the band and some that aren't, um, but they know me and they know my heart and they know how important this is to me. And so uh, regardless of personal beliefs, uh, they're all very supportive. And, you know, when I put out Show You the Cross, they they all shared it from their personal Instagram oh, accounts, nice. you know, and, very nice. and they, you know, they th those are my brothers. You know, those are guys that I've spent half my life with and they are not, you know, threatened by this, you know, we, we kind of giggle at comments from people that, that don't understand what it is that I'm trying to do. And, you know, we just go about our, our way and we've got a new Memphis record coming out this year as well. It's very loud. It's very heavy. Um, and I think people will enjoy that, you know, um, and, and show you the cross this, this is for me and, and I'm excited about it. When you're, when you're releasing a new metal album, you have to say that it's loud and yeah, yeah. whatever like that's just the basic description for any metal album isn't it yeah you know i mean our last record was very much an active rock effort um we you know we really wanted to go to active rock radio with that record and so we worked with an active rock producer and so i would say out of all of our albums that was the, the you know that one was on the lightest um you know on the lighter side um but this new one is you know us kind of 
reconnecting to the roots of our band and what really got us started in the first place. So it's, uh, it's loud. It's really loud. <laughs> That's cool. I think I remember like, I don't know, maybe it was 10 years ago or so, maybe eight. Um, the drummer for Under Oath, uh, Gillespie, Aaron Gillespie, he yep. branched off and sort of, he did his own thing. Slightly different. Yep. He did like a pretty, you know, worship type vibe, but uh, <laughs> pretty. he did his own thing. Pretty. He said yeah, pretty. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but, but I think, I think that, uh, there's something interesting about like the, 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 the heavier sort of metal, the, the, the punk stuff. There seems to be a pretty big bridge between, um, let's say it's called for the sake of conversation, mainstream and see in Christian world. There's, I, I find there's a lot of overlap there. Are you seeing that? Like, do you see there's a lot of people who are, um, who are in the Christian world who know you though, who knows the band and who are tracking with you in the Christian world? Do you find there's a lot of within your fans? Do you find like the metal guys are kind of like, he's, he has, he has a CCM project. Awesome. Let's go for it. Yeah. You know, I think, I've got if if you our, our fan base is is so diverse, right? Like we you know we'll we'll have fourteen year old girls and fifty eight year old men at our shows, right? Like it's 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 all it's all over the place because we have our warp tour crowd, and then we have our you know our you know big kind of rock festival crowd, and then we've got you know people that kind of knew of us when we were, you know, we're just starting out and kind of grown with us. I would say it's, just, it's there's a percentage of it, right? I mean, there's um, you know, like some of our younger fans that are heavily, um, you know, kind of into just metal and rock and everything don't even know that I have this project. Some of them have heard it and said, oh, it's not for me. I would say maybe some of our fans that were raised in the church, um, you know, tend to enjoy my, this project quite a bit. And some of our fans that, you know, were our age when we started out and kind of grew with us. And now they're a little bit older. Maybe they're having kids and they're listening to Christian radio. You know, they've gotten into it. But yeah, I would say realistically, it's probably 30% of, of the Memphis Mayfire fan base that really um, enjoys and listens to my solo stuff. But that, you know, that's that's not, you know, the, the necessarily the goal. I, di- I didn't put out songs in this in this format in hopes that all Memphis Mayfire fans would also love my CCM right. stuff, if that makes sense. Right. <laughs> exactly. Totally. I'm, I, I got to say, oh. I got to say, I'm not a big metal fan uh, myself, sure. um, but I, I, I love the ballads because you could yeah. have, you could have a ballad that, that is metal, but it's, it's not metal. Like people wouldn't necessarily say it's a metal song because, because of the fact it's kind of a slower um, laid back approach to metal um and and longer songs usually they tend to be longer as well they're definitely not necessarily radio hits or whatever but i like the ballads myself yeah me too man i I love it all um there's a band called firehouse uh from the 80s and uh they had a song called love of a lifetime and uh my wife walked down the aisle to that song oh nice it just wow. big giant guitar solos, uh, but very much like a slow, more of a ballad kind of song, and um, so it was it was super epic. But yeah, I, lo- I love it too. Do you have any artists that you're trying to, or sorry, in terms of your project, do you have any artists that have been inspirational to you in terms of like your writing or production? Um, you know, people that you're trying to steal from or borrow from or just learning from. As far as the my uh, this project, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. I'm, I would say I've always been like the, the early on heavy hitters, you know, DC talk, audio adrenaline, jars of clay, you know, mercy me like those, those, those bands like raised me for real. Um, and then these days, you know, guys like Phil Wickham, I think are just so unbelievable. Um, you know, younger guys, newer guys like Brandon Lake. I think he's incredible. He's become a friend of mine recently. Um, you know, Jordan Feliz is a very close friend of mine, lives just down the road and we hang out all the time. Um, you know, like there's, I I think that, uh, you know, Micah Kuyper who played guitar in the band Hawk Nelson is a very close friend of mine and actually produced this new song. Um, Oh, nice. And he's doing, he's doing a lot of stuff. He's doing stuff for Toby and, and, uh, for Tate and, you know, like newsboy stuff and everything. He's really doing, doing some awesome stuff. Um, so yeah, you know, I've got, got a handful of friends that I'm inspired by and handful of people that, you know, I, 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 I'm real heavy into barbecue and uh, I posted, uh, this is this is real, you know, like I'm like very serious about barbecue. And I did a bunch of stories yesterday about these like uh, filet mignon steak sandwiches that I made. 
And uh, Matthew West responded and he was like, dude. And I was like, I didn't even know he followed me. And I got all like nervous. <laughs> like, you know, like we, we'll, uh, we, we toured in Australia with Metallica and I'd see those guys on a daily basis and just wouldn't think anything of it. Cause I wasn't raised on Metallica. You know what I mean? But then Matthew will direct message yeah. me and I get on my hands, get sweaty. I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> you know? Um, cause that, that's just, that's real for me. You had me at barbecue. Oh. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm that's starving. Right, exactly. That's right. Yeah. Oh it's, man, absolutely. It is the season, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's been beautiful here in Nashville. So we are, you know, really getting into today's going to be like 80 degrees. So we're really getting into barbecue weather. And and if you follow me on IG, you'll be seeing me standing out by the Traeger. You know, I, I comment and say that uh, barbecue uh, barbecues, this is barbecue weather. But uh, in my book, it's always barbecue weather. Sure. You know, yep. like, and, yeah. and in our Canadian winters, uh, I've barbecued in the past when there was snow coming down, like there was no tomorrow. Yep. And I've got a barbecue that's the, the gas, direct, direct gas versus the propane tank. So this thing, you can spark it up whenever you want. And uh, I'm actually in the market for a new barbecue now. My wife says this one's too old now. We got to get a new one, but it's, yeah. it's the, uh, it's the gas, f- uh, barbecue. And yeah, I'll spark that thing up anytime. And I don't care if it's burgers or steaks or whatever else. I'm good with just anything fresh off the grill. Yeah. Oh, man, absolutely. What I'm part starving. of Canada are you guys in? Uh, Toronto area. Cool. Love Toronto. Uh, what's the weather like there right now? Anyways, uh, I heard it's really nice in Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's kind of rainy and miserable today. So Yeah. Uh, the, weather's, yeah the weather's always uh, diverse in Canada, as, as you would know. And so, sure. you know, like... I, I can say this time this time of year in Toronto it's still spring and like early spring normally yet out in British Columbia which is where my parents live for a number of years and I would always go to visit them in say March or April or whatnot um, or sometimes even in May and like they're full full on into summer already you know so yeah it's, that's amazing yeah it's it's always different wherever you are in Canada and then I remember you know uh, doing business trips to Quebec and you know it'd be summer in Toronto and it's still you know, practically winter in Quebec. You know, it's just like crazy, crazy, the d- diverse weather that we have. We are a div- diverse country. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, absolutely. Man, I love Canada. Every time we're up there, the shows are great. Food's great. Um, I, you know, like b- both sides. I love Toronto. I love Vancouver. I love it all. I grew up real close to Vancouver, so we go up there all the time. There's actually a place in Vancouver called Japo Dog. And uh, mm. it's a, a Japanese hot dog stand. So you go up and you get a hot dog on a bun <sighs> oh, and nice. then they'll put like lo mein on it. Right. Oh, um, my gosh. So I've always thought that was just like so fascinating. But I love I love Canada. Absolutely. So Vancouver was a was a hot spot for you to visit. Yeah, absolutely. And to tour in as well. You know, we have great shows there. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and just all, all throughout Canada it's such a great place. I feel like. You know, because we don't get up there as often as we, you know, just tour through the states. So when we're there, it just feels like fans are are hungry for it and excited. So, yeah. Generally speaking, I would say fans are hungry for uh, American artists to come up to Canada. We don't get to see that as much because there's obviously issues with getting equipment uh, over the border and also the personnel over the border. I know uh, with Newsboys, sure. they Newsboys was scheduled to come two or three different times, and each show got canceled. Because of various reasons, I think Michael Tate had an issue where it was a, I don't know, a speeding ticket from 10 years prior and it was still sitting on his record or something like that. It was long gone. Like it was ridiculous. And the border patrol would say, nope, sorry, you've got something on your records. Like, really? Really? Come on. You know, we've, in our experience, we've had more trouble getting back into the States from Canada. Well, we don't, we don't want you to leave. That's why. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. That's why. (laughs) The the border patrol is like, I know you just left a couple days ago, but you do have this speeding ticket from 2001. And, you know, they're, they're always, they always question you pretty heavy, but yeah, man, we're, we're, we get up there pretty often. And I'm sure as soon as touring comes back full fledged, we'll be, we'll be back up. I'd love to hang out with you guys when we're in the area. Oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be, yes, that'd be really nice. We, we have missed that even, even now as we chat with you because of the uh, various restrictions that we have in our neck of the woods. Um, Drew, you have physically been in the studio with me for three months, maybe. Maybe longer. Yeah, yeah longer. Um, think, yeah. And and even before, when you did come into the studio to record, we would be in separate studios with glass between us, and you know, being safe and everything else that that you're supposed to do. But even now, we've 
even restricted that even more. So Drew is in his home studio, and because I do the morning show at the radio station, I'm already at the studio, so I'm in one of the studios here, and we're talking, and I'm visually able to see Drew on FaceTime just so I can get some facial gestures from when you know, and and whatever other. Uh, means of communication he tends to show me with his hands or whatever and that's actually really smart yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and and so that's that's the way we're able to you know make things work with technology like you say uh, people have adapted to technology over the last 12 months certainly it's i didn't i if you had asked me a little over a year ago what zoom was i wouldn't have a clue me neither right. yeah you know? imagine yeah. being the com- being that company like yeah having grown beyond your capacity even you know what i mean like a lot of online businesses that we're doing you know i own a hair product company and we um we do all online sales you know we don't we we don't have brick and mortar and so you know for us um it wasn't an issue at all but people that were you know think about like people who made masks and all this stuff just like companies that absolutely exploded uh, just it's really been really been a wild year and watching yeah. the mask prices go down too because I remember my wife would buy this box of 50 disposable masks for whatever price and like three months later it's like 50% of that price and now it's gone down yeah. even further because there's so yeah. many manufacturers and it's so much more readily available and and who would have thought even even at the beginning of 2020 if somebody had told me you'll be wearing a mask for a year <laughs> what a laugh like, yeah, what are you <laughs> oh talking gosh, about seriously I know, you know, yeah, you can, you could buy a gallon of hand sanitizer for like 90 cents. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So That's between, between wow. masks and physical distancing, who would have thought? And then I remember somebody asked me, how long do you think gonna, this thing's going to last? And of course I, I remember SARS. I, I remember N1, F1 or N191 yeah, or whatever it was yeah, called. Yeah. I remember yeah. all those days and, you know, there'd be some concern and make sure you, you know, stay a safe distance away. Make sure you don't go to work. Uh, if you're sick, make sure you wash your hands. Hearing all that stuff and thinking, ah, this this thing's done within a few months, you know, yeah. no big deal, you know. And here we are. And here really? we are. Here we are. We've got some festivals this summer that haven't been canceled yet. And so we're holding on tight, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic. We'll yeah, I'm really optimistic. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, there's, there's a number of reasons they've talked about the herd immunity as well as that combined, I guess, with uh, vaccines going out and stuff. And I know there's anti-vaxxers out there. Some people will say they'll never get a vaccine, which is fine. You know, that's their prerogative. Sure. Uh, but you know, especially when it comes to herd immunity, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that day. And I'm, I'm hearing yes. so much about the states and Canada. Canada specifically, I mean, the, the border's still closed, but uh, the fact that more and more people are getting vaccinated has me optimistic because then, number one, they can order open the border so people can take vacations that they've been dying to do. But also, right. we'll, we'll be able to see some of these concerts happening again. Yes. That, yes. I'm hoping... Can I can I say I'm hoping... I, I hope I'm not being too optimistic. I'm hoping for a rather normal summer. If you yeah. can remember uh, what that is, I, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we got we got so into uh, socially distant activities like kayaking and things like that, that, you know, we're probably going to get back to this summer. Everyone's vaccinated or, you know, ha- already had it or whatever. And we'll still you'll st- still kind of feel weird if you go up for a hug. You know what I mean? You're yeah. like, uh, yeah. you know, yep. uh, I think it'll just I think it's done something, you know, mentally. It'll take a little bit time to, to get back to feeling normal again. But I, I'm optimistic as well. I will say that there are some things that I hope don't go away. Like I've I've really found, and I think I might have mentioned this to you in the past, Drew, that I found Sundays to be a lot more relaxing than they used to be for me. And the reason why is because Sunday mornings for me, um, I find I found generally speaking Sundays to be a rather stressful day. Part of it is because I have to go to bed a lot earlier because I got the morning show to do the next day. So my my Sunday is a shorter day than most people. And then you get up in the morning, you're racing to use the washroom and brush your teeth and shower and stuff gulp down some breakfast real quick, jump in the car, get to church on time. And then you're at church, you're there for however long, and then you're grabbing lunch. And now now you're exhausted because you've been racing all morning, right? You're exhausted. And it's just like, okay, where's the day gone? Whereas now, I mean, I'm having breakfast, listening to a sermon, (laughs) you know, and I don't have to dress up. I'm just in my, in what I call my indoor clothes, right? I just yeah. can relax and veg. And, and I find because of that, Sundays are a lot more relaxing. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's something to be said for for not having, you know, church community because um, that does make a big difference. But I, I agree with you. You know, my wife and I went to 
uh, City Church, which is now Church Home. When we lived in Seattle, uh, Judah Smith is the pastor there. And, yep. uh, you know, so we still, we watch his sermons on Sundays here and we'll sometimes we'll have our neighbors over and things like that. But, um, but yeah, it has, it has kind of created a different dynamic. You know, I think, um, you know, for my sister and her kids, you know, she really liked going to church the childcare there is awesome. And they could, you know, her and her husband could just like enjoy the sermon. But my wife and I, without having kids, you know, um, we do just kind of enjoy our time at home, uh, together watching sermons and diving in, whether it's with a few friends or not. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a totally different dynamic, but it is wonderful to be able to sort of have a more relaxed Sunday. Sure. I, I miss being with my people, but it's really, really good to sort of just chill at home with the family to sort of ease into Sunday and still learn and grow and still have time to connect. But I do miss, yeah. you know, my humans, my, my, my community humans. I think the connections I miss are the coffee times, like not, yeah, ne- not necessarily it. sitting in a pew yeah. or on a chair in church versus the time, no. whether it's after the service or elsewhere at the coffee or shop. Before. Yeah, yeah. Just, just chilling and having a coffee and having those, uh, conversations, those connections, that's the part so that I've so missed. Important. Yep. No, that's, that's it. I mean, that's, that's, that's what it is, man. I'm curious, um, you know, you're releasing sort of singles here and there. What is, what's your, what's kind of like your plan for the next six months in terms of music? I mean, apart from touring, cause we'll see what happens there, but in terms of like releasing music, what are you up to? What's, what's your plan? I'm always curious what artists are doing in this day and age. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm a firm believer in um, the fact that hip hop has kind of been doing it right for, for a long time. It's taken everybody else to catch up. But I think that singles are the new way of the world. You know, like yeah. I think that because music is consumed digitally now and physical discs are no longer, you know, aside from vinyl, no longer really valued. You know, I have a new car that doesn't have a CD player in it. You know, um, so because CDs are kind of outdated at this point, um, people are consuming music through playlists. And even when you go to an artist's album on their artist page on Spotify or Apple Music, there's the stars next to the songs that are singles or, you know, have done better. And oftentimes people are focusing so much on those songs and listening to those songs that the other nine or 10 songs on the album go unnoticed. And sometimes you've got a lot of really great songs that go unnoticed. You can only go to radio with so many songs in an album cycle because it takes time for a song to go to radio and start doing well and then fall off. And then, you know, you'd go on to the next one and all this stuff. So I just, um, I don't even know if I necessarily believe in albums anymore. Um, the, the, mm-hmm. the importance of them. Um, I think it'll take forever before, you know, if people ever were to stop really doing it in that way. But, but yeah, I think, you know, for, for us with the band, we've recorded a bunch of songs that's more than enough for an album, but I think we're just going to be releasing them as singles. And, um, you know, with my solo project, um, and being something that's, you know, on top of already doing the band full time, I think I just want to put out singles. To, to be honest, you know, maybe, maybe we'll get to the point where five or six is out. We'll package it as an EP. Um, but until then it's just, it's a lot of fun to, to release one song at a time and, and just really see a lot of focus go into each. You know, can I, can I say Maddie, from my perspective and I'm the radio guy, Drew is the musician, artist, producer, you know, that's, that's his world. But for sure. me in the radio side of things, I actually find singles easier to to deal with and to handle and and part of the reason for that is because if you release a song and say the song was on an album uh and i release it or i i start playing it and i'm and i'm you know telling my listeners that it's a new song well it's not really a new song because it was on an on an album that got released eight eight months ago it's not a new song and and the question would then be well why wasn't i playing it earlier right even though you haven't officially released it to radio yet whereas singles it's it's like yeah but now like for singles and i know we radio doesn't get all the singles because you're releasing them so fast but certainly the um the streaming services allow you to test the waters as far as what's going to be a big single what what is getting a lot of listens and from there, you can release it to radio. And again, I don't necessarily promote it as a new song, although I will say um, your your latest song, uh, Show You the Cross, I, I introduced as one of our f- features at the radio station. Every Monday, we, we show off a new song. And so it's oh, called cool. New Music Monday. And we promoted the fact that, hey, uh, brand new music from Maddie Mullins, Show You the Cross and that sort of thing. And, and it was new, right? Uh, yeah. And it was timely and it was a great message behind it and everything else. But yeah, I think, I think singles, uh, it is the evolution. And I think I agree that more and more people are going to be doing that just to produce an album is so costly anyways. 
Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, 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 if it was possible for an entire album to be consumed in a, in a way that, you know, you, you could go in and you could spend the money that it takes to make an album and put the marketing into what it takes to, to market an album and all those things. And then, you know, enough people were saying, I really want front to back this album, every song, I love it all, you know, but I just don't see music being consumed that way anymore. You know, it's just, it's all about playlisting and radio and, and all those things. And so for, for me, especially with how busy I am with everything I have going on, it makes most sense to do singles. And, and yeah, what you said, it, it is funny, you know, like you'll be like, here's the new song from Lauren Daigle. And then the album came out a year ago. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, it's a yeah, you know, strange yeah. concept because people who really do love Lauren, you know, have been listening to that song a lot. And right. so it's not as exciting for them on the radio. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I want, when I put out a song and go to radio with it and everything, I do want it to be fresh. And, and so that's, you know, at least for me, that's my plan. It kind of drives me nuts sometimes because I'll see an artist, you or anyone else, anyone else for that matter, and they'll uh, promote the fact that, hey, I got a, I got a surprise for you. I got a new song dropping on Friday. And, and I'm, you know, kind of biting my tongue thinking, is, is this going to be for, for radio or is it just for the streaming services? Because a lot of times it's just for streaming. Like I know that I've seen artists where they'll, they'll promote the fact that they got a brand new song coming out, uh, but it's not for radio. Yeah. Right. You know, yep. and, and, you know, I, and I look at it and say, wow, what a great song. It would sound so good on the radio. Right. Uh, and then sometimes I'll add it anyways, you know, just yeah, add sure. it into rotation. I have to be careful with that though, because if I add it and then, be, then it becomes a radio single, I don't want to tire out my listeners where they've already heard it for the last six months or so. And, and, you know, it, it's still because, because it's a new song, it's in high rotation, but it was already in high rotation before, right? It's kind of now it sounds yep. old, you know? So absolutely. Yeah. No, it's, it's so fascinating, the whole process and the, everything that goes into it. I don't think the average radio listener understands how much thought and timing and planning and everything has to go into that. And so, you know, for, for me in my situation, this really does make the most sense. Now you say you're busy. So besides being in two different music uh, groups or do two different music um, um, projects, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. What are you up to? So, um, yeah, the band is a very much a full-time thing. I I'm, I'm kind of, I've taken on the role over the last 15 years of being the one that communicates with management and label and everybody, you know, full-time. Um, and then obviously with the solo stuff, you know, that that's a, a whole nother thing. And I own a hair product company called On Point Pomade. It's a men's grooming line. We have two uh, different styles of pomades for two different styles of, you know, hair. And um, we also do a beard oil. Um, I've just I've been really into ever since I was young, I've always wanted to, you know, look slick. You know, that was always kind of a thing for me. I love barbershop <laughs> culture. I think it's a trade that will never go away. Um, you know, for, so for me, it's, uh, you know, just it's fascinating. I love it. That's why I do it. Um, and then on top of that, I manage two different pop artists uh, from Nashville here. Um, just people that that are awesome, that I've seen a lot of uh, talent and, you know, very promising futures for them. And so I've invested time into them to help them and give them resources however I can. Um, and yeah, you know, it's a, uh, it's, it's a lot. I've gotten really into since, um, you know, since the pandemic started, I've gotten really into the audio production side of things as well. I built out a studio in the house nice. and I've gotten really interested in just learning how to produce my own vocals. And so, yeah, I've just kind of, kind of a lot going on at once. And I can't, can't fail to mention barbecue, of course, is a hobby that <laughs> takes course. up a lot of time. So, of course, yeah. of course. It's a hobby that turns into a full-time career. Yeah, I'm, I honestly want to go down. So the label that I'm signed to is called Black River. Um, and they've got, you know, like Hannah Kerr, Josh Wilson, great yep. label, awesome label. Um, yep. I really want to, as soon as, you know, people are going back to the office and it feels a little more safe, I think I'm going to bring my smoker down there and I'm going to do a brisket for the whole office. I think nice. that sounds like a, a bunch of fun. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can remember years ago working for a company and that's how the president of the company would, would reward the staff with a good sales month. Yeah, you know, it was all measured. We'd see how we were doing throughout the month. And when it was a good sales month, even if it was in the middle of winter in Canada, uh, he his promise would would be that he would go out and barbecue lunch for everybody. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So when it's, you know, really, really cold, like freezing weather in the middle of the wintertime and you see, you know, the president of the company out grilling, uh, you know, him frozen and, and you got this nice hot burger or whatever else he's serving up that day. Oh, yeah. uh, it was so well worth all the effort of getting those sales up. Can I that's say? That's very cool. That's <laughs> yeah. very cool. So 
Um, oh the, the, everything that you've talked about, you know, all these different, you got your fingers in so many different pies and stuff. If, if you don't mind me asking, because it's been one of these years where, uh, a lot of artists have suffered, uh, with the lack of concerts and the lack of, you know, revenue coming in. Where does, where does a guy like you that is in two different musical groups, you know, solo and then the group and then, uh, with your hairline product, uh, where does the revenue come from? Like, where, do, like, is it is it coming from streaming services? Are people listening to your stuff and that's helping pay the bills or what? You know, I think for for every artist, it's different. You know, for us, um, obviously, we own all of our own merchandise. You know, so we, you know, like we we do online sales for merchandise. Um, we obviously like streaming comes in, and uh, you know, we we signed a new record deal during the pandemic and have spent time working on a new record. And our our guitar player Kellen is actually the one that produced uh, the album, so he he made money, you know, for producing the album and. Um, you know, obviously my hair product line is kind of just like a bunch of different things, uh, you know, like for, for me specifically, I think for every artist, it's very different. Um, you know, depending on your record deal, maybe you don't own your merchandising rights and, you know, uh, depending on your record deal, maybe you don't make any money on streams, you know? Um, so it, it's, (laughs) I'm sure it could be very challenging for, for bands who solely relied on, uh, touring income and even more so, uh, for the guy, for the hired guns. You know, um, guys that would go out with bands and have devoted their life to being A-list crew members. I mean, some of the guys that work on our crew are second to none. You know, front of house engineers that have been doing it half their life and they're unbelievable at what they do. And just the whole thing got swept out from under their feet. You know, like they can't sign a record deal. They can't put out an album, you know, um, people like our booking agent, you know, Dave Shapiro, he's one of my favorite people in the world and, uh, incredible at what he does swept out from under his feet, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that, you know, have artists struggled and, um, you know, had a very challenging year. Absolutely. Uh, but I do think that there's other people involved in the music industry, uh, that have had it even harder. And so my heart goes out to them. Yeah, absolutely. I wholeheartedly agree. And, and the barbers and the hairdressers as well. Um, I will say, because in my neck of the woods, we've been on a lockdown and basically barbers and hairdressers have been out of work and they cannot, they cannot be doing their craft since November. That makes me so sad. You know, you know my, and my you being, is- yeah, you being in the hair product business, you can feel for them, right? And, Absolutely. you know, Drew doesn't have a lot on the top of his head. I have a little bit. <laughs> I don't have as much. Yeah. He's got the beard going, right? I got the beard, cool. though. Yeah. I can't get it trimmed because they don't do, but, they, you can't go to the shop. But yeah. you could trim your own beard and probably get away with it, right? It's not my wife has offered to cut my hair and I'm scared. Like, and so, so when you talk about hair product and, you know, you hear, you hear people, you know, normally women, but, but you hear a lot of people say, you know, I don't put product in my hair. Can I tell you that hair gel has kept my hair in place for months now, but I'm dying for a haircut. (laughs) Yep, absolutely. Well, I got to send you guys out some products so you can try it. There you go. You see, and I wasn't even trying to get product there. I was just giving you my sob story and look at that, you know? Oh, I'd love to. I'd I'd love to. Send the beard oil, man. I will absolutely do it. Make sure you email Don and and, uh, and give me your addresses. I'd love to send some stuff out for you guys. Oh, amazing, amazing, amazing. You've got another customer yeah, out of Drew, that's for sure. I'm seeing the look on, on his definitely. face right now. He's got a big definitely. smile and he's rubbing his beard thinking, this is amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. No, you know, our, our, um, our barbershops and salons here, you know, in Nashville – we did have the lockdown and, and things were closed for, for quite some time. But, you know, I, I think there's a lot of other areas that that have been closed down even longer. And so, you know, my barber is a very close friend of mine. I was just in his in his wedding um, a couple weeks ago and, um, you know, they were closed down for a, maybe a month or, or two um, and then ended up being able to open back up, um, you know, with masks and, and things like that. So so here in Nashville, it hasn't been quite as um quite as, as upsetting, but, you know, for, for those, you know, barbers and, uh, and cosmetologists out there that have lost their, their jobs for, mm-hmm. for a lengthy period of time, my heart's broken for them. I, I know that's a hard business. You know, you're on your feet all day, you go and you grind, you want to be creative and with the styles that you're doing and, and everything and, um, having that taken away from you had to be really hard. So. Oh, completely. Eh? We have, um, in, uh, here in Ontario and Canada, um, a lot of the musicians and the tech people, you know, the, the, the crew folks are trying to find ways in which we can, you know, make some money, but still put out some great content for people. And, and sure. so there's uh, the, the live stream thing, as you know, is like, it's like huge. And so yeah. in the city, right. It's like, everybody's doing it and it's great. And so, um, about three or four venues in downtown, in the downtown core, they decide to revamp 
um, their facility because they can't have any shows there and they're still paying rent or a mortgage to be there. And so yeah. they're like, we need to survive or else we're going to close down. And we've already yep. seen a number of um, spots close down in the city. And so they were revamping the whole entire thing to make it like a really cool, like live streaming facility for bands, for speakers, for conferences, for whatever. And some of the projects have been fantastic. But then recently, um, they actually decided to close down all like live streaming in venues in the city. So oh, we can't even no. do that. And, and so all no. the, so many crew members are kind of like, well, well, okay, well, then what can we do? And so oh, it's man. such a... It's such a hard season for, yeah, for the barbershops, for the crew people, for musicians, just trying to find different ways to kind of create some income because it, it, it like, <laughs> just yeah, so difficult. Yeah, right from, yeah, absolutely. Oh, man, it's so, it's so, it's so heartbreaking. You know, one of my favorite uh, smaller rock clubs here in Nashville called Exit Inn um, just yeah, announced that they're place. selling to a, selling to a, a hotel developer. And I mean, I, <sighs> I'm equally sad for for the venue to go away and also sad for the hotel company that bought it because there is nobody in that area of town that's going to support that hotel. You know, everybody yeah, wanted yeah, that yeah. venue to stay open. That's and, right. And, uh, you know, there's petitions going around, but it's like, man, with without, you know, the the end really being in, in clear sight right now, it's like they just had to do what they had to do. And it's, it's terrible. Yeah. That venue is absolutely amazing and so to see it go away is just um it's a it's catastrophe you know from a record uh deal aspect for artists and musicians it's probably been the the last year has probably been a big uh learning environment for people because you know with with a lot of your revenue streams gone live concerts and whatever else i would think that people entering into record deals would certainly be a lot more knowledgeable than they were previously uh you know you mentioned the fact that you own all your merch whereas some people might not and you know going into a new record deal maybe they want to change things up a bit so that they have that cushion or at least that uh availability of income in the future should something like this happen again Sure. Absolutely. I mean, I think that anybody that has a good attorney is, um, you know, knows what they're getting themselves into. And, and that's, that's not everybody, obviously. Right. Um, well, Kanye West think- obviously didn't have a good attorney when he, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Did I say that? Out loud? Yeah, no, no, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. It's, you know, when you sign a, a deal as a young artist, it's not so much, it is sometimes that, that you don't know what exactly what you're signing, but it's also that there's just not much you can ask for, you know, this label saying, here we are to give you something that we know that you need. Um, but we're going to take a lot as well, you know, and you, you have to kind of bite the bullet and say, you know what? All right. So, so my advice for anybody, uh, signing record deals has just been, you know, try to get everything that you can, you know, retain as much ownership as you can and, and sign the shortest contract possible because, you know, like if you explode as an artist, uh, you should not be under the same terms uh, that you were under when you signed as as a risk for that label, you yeah, know. And yeah. so, you know, yeah, we we're on our, geez, I don't know, seventh record deal at this point. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's it's been a lot. It's been a lot of learning curves. But every every time we sign, something gets better. And and so, you know, we like to sign for one, two albums at a time at max. But some people just don't have the option. So, do you sign yeah. uh, by album or time or both? Um, it is, uh, by album, but then there's always a grace period after the album comes out where you can't do something else. Oh, right. Okay, so, right. so usually contractually it'd be about a 12 month grace period from release date. Uh, you know, we had ours negotiated down to nine. So once we put out our second album in this deal, we'll have nine months where we can't do anything, but usually those are the nine months when we'll be making a new album and, and, and so on and so forth. So right. yeah, you know, like if you, if you play the game, right, I think that the label can win and the artist can win at the same time, but, uh, you you have to fight for it. You know, it's a business where you have to fight for it. It's that non-compete uh, period of time. And exactly. that's that's in radio where you change your name so that way you can still do business. <laughs> oh my gosh, I didn't know that. <laughs> well, that's you awesome. do what you can, right? You do what you can. <laughs> that's amazing, yeah. <laughs> I mean, an artist could do the same thing, right? Prince did that. Sure, sure. That's true. Yeah, you know? that's true. as long as you're signed as an artist and not signed, you know, signed as a band name and not signed as an individual, which in most cases, you know, you, you do sign as an individual. Yeah, I mean, um, if, it, right, if it were right, a band, you right. could say the band formerly known as whatever, right? Right. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, anything's possible. But yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's good. 
Well, what a great uh, honor and uh, and privilege to chat with you, Maddie. Just a fun conversation. Great to see how things are going with you. Really excited. I, I'm particularly excited for your solo career. Um, Thank you. In the CCM world, I'm just loving what I'm hearing. And as I said, I'm not a big metal fan, but if you got some good ballads coming out, I'm interested in that as well. Sure. And yeah. and I think you know, I think they should introduce ballads into the CCM world too. I mean, it may not be a radio hit, but but why not? You know, I, I Don't agree. They have ballads? Well, they do, but but I'm talking long ballads. Like you know, everybody everybody tr- tends to make their songs short because because uh, of the possibility of putting it on uh, on the radio, and so gotcha. you don't necessarily hear. Like don't don't make a ballad to send to radio because sure. the the stairway to heavens are going to be very few and far between, right? Uh, yeah, or the yeah, Bohemian right. Rhapsody or whatever, right? So so you know don't make it necessary for radio, but there's still a, I think there's still a market for it, or maybe it's just me, maybe it's just me that likes the ballads, and so so just record a ballad for me. I'm, I'm yep. good with that too. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's awesome. Hey, I feel the same way. Thank you guys so much for having me and and just taking time to to hear my story a little bit. This was a really fun interview to do. You guys are so awesome and laid back. And um, like I said, take me up on my offer when we're out there in uh, Toronto. I'd love to put you on the guest list, have you guys out at a show. Awesome. I love you. (laughs) You're the best. (laughs) Yeah, you guys are awesome, man. Thank you so much for having me. I never expected that. What a fun guy. Yeah, Yeah. that was great. He's he's a busy guy. Like, given the fact that the last year has been a crazy year for a lot of people, that has not slowed him down. Really? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, so everything from the hair products to the to the metal music to the solo project, um, this guy as uh, and he's so knowledgeable too. You know, like mm-hmm. he's he's been around the block enough times to know how everything works, whether it's the record deal or you know, you know what to do with his time, keeping busy and everything else. I, what a what a great conversation with him. I think it's smart for him to do the multiple income streams and the multiple projects to kind of keep his you know his brain going. Smart guy, creative guy, and definitely follows Instagram because the barbecue stuff is legit. Oh my goodness. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Let's have a barbecue. Same here. Let's go. Let's do it, man. I'm in. Uh, But before we do that, it's time now for artist advice. And we bring back a previous guest, Chris Bray. Continually uh, be attentive to what God is calling you to do. I think we can sometimes get stuck in the rut of doing the same thing over and over and over again because what you know it worked for a while but that's not necessarily what god wants us to be doing right now and we got to be attentive to that be attentive to what god is calling you to and uh it's it's you know great words of wisdom from chris great guests when he joined us on between the grooves interestingly you know when you compare that to what maddie mullins has been up to and looking at his music, and of course, his first big introduction, I guess, to the world as far as music is concerned, is in a metal band. But yeah, right. but him feeling the call of God to to do the solo stuff as a Christian artist, and doing that at the same time with his band members uh, supporting him, fully supporting yeah. him, and and <laughs> recognizing right. his faith and supporting his faith. So I think that's awesome just to see that and and being willing to listen to what God is saying and then actually doing it. <laughs> that's the key. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to add that. Actually following through is really Exactly. Key. Exactly. Yeah. The, the, the listening and then the responding. That's so good. I'm so thankful. Thanks so much for that great word of wisdom, Mr. Chris Bray. And thank you to Maddie Mullins for joining us this week on Between the Grooves. We have new episodes dropping every single Monday. So uh, make sure you leave us a rating and a review. Help us reach more people we're also on facebook and twitter hit us up there for sure at between grooves we would love to connect with you on those two platforms because it's fun and it's cool